Welcome to Sports BKC, the sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. We're on the road in the most unusual setting for Big 12 Media Days. I am actually sitting in the end zone of AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys here in Arlington, Texas. This massive stadium is not only home to the Dallas Cowboys, but it's the site of the Big 12 football championship game. And next year's media day schedule was announced for this very venue. Five teams met the media today, including Kansas. And we spent time with Coach Les Miles and some of the KU players. We'll spend this episode of Sports Beat KC breaking down the chatter when it comes to Jayhawks football. I didn't realize you have a starting streak, a consecutive game starting streak going on. How proud are you of that? Uh, I'm very proud. It's, uh, it's hard work, mostly because football is such a taxing game and you know you get banged up week to week and there's been a couple weeks where you're like I don't know but you know every every Saturday I've been able to get up and, and get myself right to, to go out there and help my team. 36 games and counting right? Uh, it would be neat for for Kansas to take that off the 12 game thing and maybe had a 13th oh, yeah, uh, in there sure. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what, what are the prospects uh, in terms of you going into your senior year? You're confident going into any year, but now you're going into your senior year. Um, there's a lot different about KU and uh, about the staff. So why is this year going to be different? Uh, I say this year is going to be different because I think there's a, a different culture. You know, we got we got Coach Miles and us as leaders, the, the senior. We got a lot of senior older guys, and I think we're ready and, and, and passing that knowledge and things that we know to the younger guys and, and getting them prepared and getting everybody ready so we can go out there and win. What's uh, what's different offensively with this new regime? Um, I think y'all y'all be surprised what we do offensively. We got a lot of new stuff. I feel like Coach Miles and Coach K are bringing in, and I love it. Um, it's it's just a lot more. I feel like downhill stuff, and uh, you know I think we're gonna surprise a lot of people with it. Tell me about the position group as a whole. Position group as a whole is really strong. You know I feel like we have the best running back unit in the nation, really, uh, between me, Puka, and Dom. Uh, you know we got some freshmen that came in too, but. As a whole, I feel like we got a we got a really good unit, really strong unit uh, that'll be able to balance each other out well. That was Kansas offensive lineman Hakeem Adeniji and running back Khalil Herbert. They were part of the Kansas traveling party to Big 12 Media Days at Arlington, Texas. Jesse Newell, Kansas beat writer, is here on Sports Beat KC. And Jesse, like me, this is your first trip to Media Days at AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. What'd you think of the place? Uh, it's huge. Uh, that's what you expect. I, I kind of felt small in life when I got underneath that big board that's at the 50-yard line that goes from, like, whatever, the 20 to the 20. You know, I'm thinking, how many Jessies would it take laid side by side to make up the uh, length of this big board a lot? But we'd been here one other time, Blair, but you'll have to help me about some Big 12 media event because I have been here before, but I, it, it was for something else. Oh, I'll tell you when you've been here, okay, my friend. go ahead. I will tell you. The 24, was it 2013 oh, Midwest now. region? Yes, KU Michigan. Is, yes. Now I do remember this. That is exactly why I was here. So, okay, that's, so that makes sense. Yes, haven't been here for media day, but have been here for a basketball game because that's what you do in huge football arenas. <laughs> I think they only used half of it for, for the basketball Midwest <laughs> Regional, uh, which it was which spent only 40,000 seats available for, only. Yeah. for, for basketball. So, um, today was uh, the first day of Big 12 media days, which meant Kansas was front and center. Well, they were, they were 
first, I guess. Uh, Les Miles was the first coach to speak on stage. But, you know, media days are about coaches and players uh, coming to one site and uh, and chattering about, uh, about the season, and everybody's optimistic, and everybody feels good about the season. It's a different feeling for Kansas because there is a new coach, and I, I got that sense um, of excitement from, from the players that I talked to. I talked to the four players who are here from KU, and um, I, I wanted to get, uh, before we kind of drill down into the details, what were some of the general impressions you had from uh, from Les Miles and KU today? Yeah, this is a different kind of feeling, Blair, but sort of a little bit the same, and I don't mean to bring up bad memories for KU fans by saying this, but, um, you know, everybody... When I talk to some certain people, I say, well, what, you know, what about Les Miles being Kansas's coach? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that kind of a celebrity sort of a, a different thing? And it's really not. I mean, that's what Charlie Weiss was a few sure years was. ago. And so, I mean, I've been on the beat long enough where that was the same sort of thing when Charlie Weiss came in here. And I was kind of like, whoa, Charlie Weiss is a Kansas and we can go talk to him. So um, KX had, had Dave Campo as his defensive coordinator, yeah. former Cowboys head coach. Yeah. And defensive coordinator, too. So, um, yeah, it is. Um, it, it's funny how history can kind of repeat itself. And very soon, uh, not to say that Les Miles and uh, the Charlie Weiss Center is going to have the same ending or results or process uh, that that one ended up as. But, um, yeah, I think there was some intrigue with Les Miles. That's what you'd expect in a media day. And I, I just kind of keep getting brought back to a conversation I had uh, with a friend here uh, a, you know, a few months ago who basically said that KU football – didn't need a shot in the arm. KU football needed a defibrillator. You know what I mean? And so when you need a defibrillator, you like when you come to Big 12 Media Days and there's some national media members hanging around your coach's table and that there is some interest and that people are kind of crowding around and, and shooting video of Les Miles and that, you know, him with a, you know, a blue tie and with a Jayhawk, you know, pin on his lapel, all those sorts of things. So I think there was interest in the program in that sort of way. You can call it artificial if you want, but there is intrigue about Les Miles and who he is and his personality and how all this is going to work at Kansas. And for right now, with the way the program has been, I think Jeff Long and the, the athletic director at KU and, and KU in general will take that as a good sign. Again, not to prove the results on the field, but this is sort of why they hired Les Miles a little bit in the sense of it is that he can come in here and uh, people are going to have eyeballs uh, going to him just because of his history and what he's done. And to, to prove your point, I've been coming to these things for a long time and no disrespect intended for David Beatty or Charlie Weiss or Turner Gill, uh, the previous coaches to, um, uh, to Les Miles uh, since Mark Mangino, but I've never seen the the, um, the media hang out with Les Miles to the extent I, I have I saw it today, where uh, media was waiting outside of doors, where he was conducting television interviews for Fox and ESPN. So every time he changed positions, uh, there were reporters, national often national reporters that wanted to talk to him. A lot of topics to cover with Les Miles, uh, uh, and, and we'll, like I said, we'll we'll get into that in a second, but. You know, sometimes KU coaches, when they're on the podium, they get 15 minutes up there and they run out of, you know, run out of questions. That was not the case. Uh, Les Miles was taking questions. Had to, the the, the uh, you know Pete the uh, the moderator had to cut it off. Yeah, absolutely. So there is intrigue in that way with the football program. Again, I think there's just sort of this. <laughs> 
I guess, memories of what Les Miles was at the end of the LSU tenure and some of the crazy antics that he's had. And, um, yeah, there's some interest in KU football again from a, a national level, which, uh, like I said before, I think some of that is what they wanted when they hired Les Miles. But as you spoke about, it's kind of a weird day, too, because not only was the topic Les Miles in Kansas football, but uh, KU obviously had a, a very um, on the top of national radar story to talk about when uh, it came to Les Miles and getting on the podium. Okay, and we're going to talk about that, but let's hear what Les Miles had to say about the Puka Williams uh, suspension, which uh, it turns out is going to be one game, the season opener against Indiana State, and then he will uh, he will be ready to go in game two. Here's what Les Miles had to say about the Puka Williams suspension. I know that there's a uh, an issue that we must discuss, and so let me let me get to it, if if you will. Um, first of all, there is no proper way to put it. There is no violence. The violence will not be uh, accepted with women, period. And uh, uh, action was taken immediately. We felt like um, a strong point was made, not only with Puka, but the team. The idea that for seven and a half months, uh, Puka was going through a process and he didn't have the opportunity to spend time with his with his team, go to the weight room, you know, just be a part. Um, Puka went through legal investigation with the legal community. Puka also had a uh, uh, proceedings that went through the conduct board at the university, and um, he. Uh, basically understood very much that if he did not um, meet the criteria that the board asked that this would not last long and he really met every criteria that he could. Um, he's taken responsibility. He's been remorseful. The uh, He's learned from this experience as has our team we're uh, we're thankful to have him back and again no violence against the woman is okay i did not make this decision but i stand by it and see it as a right one all right that was les miles uh, jesse from the podium and uh, it actually opened his his time with the media about you know, several hundred media sitting in front of him. He wanted to, he opened a, a notebook and said he had to, you know, he knew people wanted to talk about this. He wanted to get out of the way. And I don't know how satisfying the answer was, but he did He did address it. It was about a two and a half minute to three minute, uh, uh, you know, diatribe on, on Puka Williams. What'd you, what'd you make of it? Yeah, um, it was interesting to gauge kind of the national reaction, the online reaction to less because, uh, I think by now a lot of people know about the heartfelt moment thing that happened at his introductory press conference where he kind of lost his train of thought. It was a little bit awkward with him on the podium. He had kind of like this little Louisiana notebook that he had written in some notes for himself and it seemed like he sort of lost what he wanted to say in there and so there were some pauses 
and we've seen this from Les Miles. You know, the reaction to it nationally was a lot different than I think me and some of the local media members because we were sort of have seen this from Les over the last few months and how sometimes in big settings like this that can sometimes happen uh, with him. He was, you know, much better, much more comfortable on the side session that we had with him in the afternoon. And I think kind of we've seen that from him throughout his time. But I think there was a lot of, um, I think you're right in that it was correct to address the situation without anybody asking about it because that seems like always the best way to handle these things. So I think the thought in doing that was well-intentioned and correct. I think the execution of it was not great. And then um, Les is sort of in a tough spot because he's kind of left to answer questions about a situation that Jeff Long, the athletic director, had the final say on. And even Les Miles, I know he spoke to you uh, in the hallway a little bit afterwards talking about how he doesn't think that a coach should be involved in naming this sort of suspension because obviously that's a conflict of interest. You know, he wants a kid to play probably or you know has reason for him to. And he spoke about it a little bit more at the table later and, and spoke about you know he has uh, three very uh, three important women in his life when it comes to his two daughters and his wife. So a lot of these things he is um, not a sympathetic figure if people come to him with that. So he has his own beliefs on what should happen. But with this process, he did not want to get involved and shouldn't get involved because a lot of the information details he is not privy to. And again, that should be an athletic director or upper administration uh, decision whether Puka Williams gets suspended or not and how long that suspension is. So I, I understand his point. I understand what he's trying to say. It's just a, it's a tough situation for him to walk into because a lot of the focus is going to be on him and other people were not here to answer those questions. One of those daughters was here today. Smacker, yes. Yeah, Smacker, who uh, is part of the media and uh, kind of following him around and went through the inter- went into the interview rooms with uh, with, with her father. So, um, yeah, I, I did think that was it was interesting to hear him say that a coach shouldn't be the arbiter of this. And I, I don't know if I've heard a coach say that before. Uh, every coach, every college coach, every coach anywhere has to deal with disciplinary actions of their players. I've never heard a coach say publicly that now you could you could I mean you can interpret that as passing the buck you know and uh, but but Les is absolutely right I mean this is uh, once the legal system gets involved uh, there was uh, there it probably should be taken out of the coach's hands and and, and it should be the the um, decision of a university to uh, to come up with a suspension there's a little bit of confusion even earlier with um, with Commissioner Bob Bowlesby who addressed the the, the conference policy on on this and just kind of an I think a little unfortunate I don't want to say slip of the tongue but maybe not a full understanding of the uh, you know of the situation but I think we determined that but Bob Bowlesby misspoke about um, about the league policy yeah uh, just to make this real quick um, basically he was asked about Puka Williams up there and he said that KU had followed the Big 12's misconduct policy by basically they left the suspension in the hands of upper level administration on the university and not from KU Athletics. I think what he's referring to there uh, is basically that KU had a Title IX investigation into this case and it did hand out sanctions, which Puka Williams allowed to be made public. You know, he's going to be on uh, probation at KU until he graduates, things like that. So basically, I think what Bob Bullsby was saying is that there were people outside the athletic department that ruled upon Puka Williams as to whether he should remain on campus, whether he should be a, a member of that. And also, I think also, you know, Bob Bullsby just sort of, he got 
you can imagine this would happen. He's up there for a long time, and he knows certain topics, realignment, are going to get asked about, so he can kind of prepare for them. Um, maybe he should have been more prepared for a Puka Williams question. I just think he got caught a little bit off guard, so he at least knew that KU had gone through processes that other schools had gone through and kind of uh, left it at that. But um, from my understanding and from talking to people afterwards, uh, Jeff Long made the final call on the one-game suspension, so um, that is kind of the clearest way that we can say it, that yes, uh, Puka Williams went through the legal system, got a diversion, he went through KU's basically Title IX legal sort of system and got more sanctions, and then KU Athletics uh, added on the one-game suspension after that, and so that was something that was in Jeff Long's hands at the very end. Okay, let's polka our way past Puka, <laughs> and uh, there's a little bit of, uh, I, I less said something today in the breakout session that I, I hadn't heard, and that uh, that if uh, the season started today, he would have a quarterback. Who is that? Yeah, Thomas McVitie, and he sort of hinted at this a little bit at the end of uh, the spring drills. He had said uh, basically that I think the board was had an edge, or Thomas McVitie, you know, had a, a slight slightly above uh, Carter Stanley in the regard. And so he didn't answer the quarterback question on the actual podium, but in the side session, um, yeah, somebody had asked him about, you know, how do you want to term your starter or whatever, and he said if it ended, you know, if the season started today, it would be Thomas McVitie. So um, just a little bit more definitive in um, that particular quote. I think that's kind of how I've told people had been leaning. The bottom line is this. Um, if you are a school like Kansas and you have very limited scholarships in your first class, as we know KU did because of David Beatty and the previous staff taking a bunch of JUCO guys and blue-shirting guys, you know, having to count these uh, scholarships in advance. If you have limited scholarships and you take on a junior college quarterback who has two years of eligibility, you, you better like the guy. You, you better, better like him a lot. You better think he can play. And so I, I think, um, I mean, this, these are the sorts of things that, that absolutely happen. And to me, it feels like Thomas McVitie kind of has to play his way out of the role because they have an investment in Thomas McVitie um, and more of an investment than you would probably say they do in Carter Stanley. Now, that doesn't mean Carter Stanley can't win the job or that he can't be good. Or, you know, honestly, in the Big 12 and the way that KU has played lately, they need more than one quarterback that can be capable because, let's be honest, in the last 10 years ago, so they've had no quarterbacks. So if they have two decent ones, good for Kansas. That's great. But uh, I would say Thomas McVitie, based off of just what they've said in the spring, what he said so far, you add on today, uh, I would be surprised if he's not the starter in game one uh, for Kansas coming up here in the fall. Okay, started his career at the University of Pittsburgh. Yes. Did not play, appeared in a couple of games. It's a special team. Special teams, not a quarterback. Got out of there, went to Mesa Community College in Arizona and played really well. Uh, well enough to be rivals or someone's second-rated pro-style quarterback when he was recruited by Kansas. So, nice credentials, and you got to see him in the spring. Um, uh, we'll see. That's a, look, and it's a it's a tough assignment for you know for a newcomer to come into this league. Uh, and, and Big Twelve doesn't have the greatest reputation when it comes to defenses but still uh, for a newcomer to come into this league and uh, and be the guy it'll be a if he is the guy, a difficult assignment for him. Yeah, well, and I mean, I wrote about this a couple weeks ago, but for Kansas, just getting that position to a... If KU has 
bad quarterback play, that's an improvement, you know, like most years. And uh, I, I hate to say that, but I wrote about it, you know, this a couple weeks ago. And Peyton Minter last year, I mean, they sort of, he was probably like the ninth best Big 12 quarterback and like the sixth best quarterback Kansas has had in the last 15 years, single season. And so uh, for KU, the bar is not that high. If they can get a guy who really can do anything, you know, they've had guys that throw interceptions. They've had guys that take too many sacks. They've had guys that just couldn't produce. They've had, you know, the... <laughs> For years on end, they barely could average 20 points a game and, and tried to play air raid. So, um, yeah, he's got a tough assignment. But, again, if you are Thomas McVitie, you're looking for an opportunity, and there's not many teams out there. I, I remember talking to him uh, in the spring, and he talked about how his dad had, like, a spreadsheet, and he had every Division One program on there and which schools had starting quarterbacks coming back, which schools had backups. And basically, you know, once you look at that and, and look at that whole thing, there's not many that get highlighted then that are having the starting quarterback graduate and there's an opportunity to step in right away and be the guy and be a school that is going to take a gamble on a, on a Juco transfer who, you know, if, if that doesn't work out for you, that's the loss of a scholarship uh, that, that could be very valuable here early on. So uh, for Thomas McVitie, yeah, I mean, but it's also, you know, it's tough, but it's what you want to step into. And for Kansas, uh, the bar is pretty low when it comes to quarterback play just because it's been so horrific lately uh, with what they've gotten with recent co coaches. All right, Jesse, we'll end it on this. Um, have you seen any of Les Miles' movies <laughs> get asked that a lot i see the trailers and uh I, the, the trailers have not made me want to watch the whole movies um or reach into my pocketbook to read to watch the movies you know somebody mentioned this to me uh and i'm sure maybe uh the bosses will hear this back but they said you should just expense it should i just expense the last whistle onto my account to which make is, sure that i can be a latest, full his latest movie so i can be a full less miles beat reporter to, to to take in all that i can about less miles i need to go ahead and uh put the 7.99 charge on uh, my iTunes. You watch that one and I will I'll watch uh, the Challenger disaster where he plays Nelson the NASA official who should have known better. Um, so, so four movie career for Les Miles is temporarily suspended as he tries to um, he's the latest in the line of Kansas football coaches and and uh, probably the most interesting. I say this with all due respect to Les Miles. I heard someone who watched the Challenger and they said that he was one of the best actors in it. Uh, with all due respect to Les Miles, that did not make me want to watch the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, that could mean his acting is great. And maybe he's way better um, than he should be based off not having this as a career. But it doesn't say much for maybe the other actors in the uh, movie with him. Okay, so I always uh, I always end this by asking uh, our listeners to follow Jesse Newell on, uh, you know, on, the, on the various social platforms. But I will also refer you to Rotten Tomatoes this time. So, <laughs> Jesse, thanks for hanging out. All right, thanks, Blair. How, how would you compare your inheritance at KU to that of uh, OSU in uh, 01? Yeah, I, uh, I think we have a better talent base here at Kansas than I had when I went to Oklahoma State. Um, I can tell you that, uh, you know, the things that, that happened, you know, we were allowed to recruit to a very significant number at Oklahoma State, recruited very well to start. And I think that that's the same thing here. I think that we'll recruit well over time. And uh, I think you'll see that this, this Kansas team is much more talented than their record shows. 
You've been listening to Sports Beat KC, the sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. Links to the stories we discuss can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Thanks to Kathy Liu and Leah Pacera for putting together today's show. And be sure to tune in on Tuesday when Kansas State takes the stage at Big 12 Media Days.